everybody, Rob here. Today, we're going to be getting ready for the new season of Survivor, Survivor 30, with my good friend Angie Kantz is going to take us through her system of all of the different character types we're going to see on the show. If you want to play along, you can go to robaswebsite.com where I've posted all of Angie's character types so you can guess along with me on the show. Before we get to today's show, I've got a quick promo for the Paulie Shore podcast that you can hear here on Podcast One. And then we talk to Angie Kantz on RHAP. Did you ever wonder what happened to Paulie Shore? Yes! Well, then check out his Showtime documentary, which has just been nominated for an Ace Award. Comedy is my therapy. It helps me get through any of the hard times. And of course, you can find him right here at Podcast One, doing whatever it is he does all the time. And this is where I sit once in a while just to... Uh, Holly Shore's interesting. Man, this is where it goes down. Find out more at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. It's awesome. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Rob Sister here, back with some more preseason coverage of Survivor 30. Survivor Worlds Apart is just around the corner. And today, we are going to do something which we like to do at the start of the season. This is the first time we're actually doing it in the preseason of Survivor. We are going to bring in my good friend Angie Kantz to talk to us about her character type system that she has developed, which puts all the different survivors into these different types, which we can look back historically, how they will perform and get an idea of how the season is going to play out. So here she is back here. I believe this is the third season that we're doing this. Uh, although I think the first time we did it right at the end of Survivor Kagiyan, here's Angie Kantz. Hey, how's it going? Doing good, Angie. How are you? I'm doing extremely well. Yes. Angie, are you excited for Survivor Worlds Apart? I am so excited. I can barely contain myself. Yes, because no collar, blue collar and white collar is sort of in its own way character types. It is. It is. It's exactly the it's it's my my greatest dream is to uh, the way they've they've carved it up is perfect. It's like everybody I want to be there is there. I can't wait. It's going to be a great season. Yes. And they've done like 10 percent of the work for you. Oh, they have. They've made it way easy. Yeah. So. That's already done for you. So we just get to come in and now put things into your system, which we will uh, discuss. But before we get into that, how are you doing? I am doing absolutely fantastic. The response to this system has been outstanding. I, I have a fan now, which is great. I love my fan. She's awesome. I think you have more than a fan. I know a lot of people are talking about this. I was on the Survivor Reddit recently, and people were trying to predict what you were going to say before we even did the podcast. Well, I have one fan who has declared herself as a fan to me. Let's put it that way. Okay, so, good. And, but, and that's great because I, you know, I'm not greedy. I have simple needs. Okay, good. Well, this is exciting because uh, here we are ready to do this again uh, for the third time. All right. So let's just set up here what we're going to do today. Explain to us what this exercise is going to be. Okay. So what we're going to do is we are going to, first of all, review all of the current cast. So we're going to go one by one. And I've given you a bit of a top level outline of how to predict who's going where. So I'm going to tell you what I see in their biography, which caught my attention. And then you're going to try and determine which character type they are. Um, before that, we can talk a little bit about San, uh, San Juan del Sur and how that played out. And then once we've determined what everybody's character type is, we can talk about the four players that are, are the top players, the top five potentially that are most likely to win. And then the ultimate pick of who we believe will win. 
And then we can finish it off with uh, who's the best to align with. Okay, so really we're going to get to the point where we don't even need to watch the season then. You're going to save everybody three months of work. Well, I wish it was that accurate, but I really do. Again, these are just sort of probabilities of what might be most likely to happen. Again, Survivor is very unpredictable, hard to get a sense. It's just trends. Yes. That's all it is. Anything could happen. Okay. Um, No, Angie, could you just give us a little background of how did you come up with this system? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, I work in marketing. And as most people already know, what marketers do in order to sell you stuff that you don't need is to identify trends and patterns in buyer behavior. So then we segment or isolate the demographic of buyer and we change uh, how we sell them stuff based on what we know they like and how we know they behave. So these demographics are based on things like age, gender, ethnicity, income bracket, education, occupation, marital status, and location. So it doesn't mean that the people within that demographic are not unique little snowflakes, just that on a unique, like on a certain level, maybe only on the most base level, they share some commonalities. So, I mean, even so, there are people who fit in a demographic who behave outside it. And, you know, that's just the way it goes because people will do what they will do and they have free will. So what I'm saying is your demographic doesn't define you. It determines only what assumptions can be made about you. But, you know, those assumptions can be well disproven as well so that's how that's how i came at this system is i i simply tried to look at the whole and try to identify patterns and trends so we'll be able to know from a lot of these people you say we'll look at somebody and say boy this person has no chance to win survivor but you know they are exactly who we're looking for to market this toothpaste yes or i you know this is exactly the type of person that would buy an iphone oh okay that type of thing. That would be anybody, right? It would. <laughs> Mostly anybody. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah. So Mostly anybody. Let's get into this and let's start with San Juan del Sur. Let's look in the rear view mirror and see how the system held up last season and then uh, hear if we are making any tweaks based on what we learned from season 29. Sure. Can I just say I'm so glad that season 29 is over. Why? Why did you not like season 29? I can't think of a worse season to use as the maiden voyage of my character system. I think I know why you didn't like season 29. Why? Because the winner from this season was from your casting uh, type. And oh, no, you didn't, which Mm -hmm. you said can never win the game. That isn't why I didn't like it. That it, you know, I was actually really excited that Natalie won. Yes. Because this is what I mean. Like, people can, uh, she far exceeded the expectations of the character type because she's all kinds of awesome. You know, it doesn't mean she was in the wrong type. It just means that the right type, you know, certain types can win if the right people get cast in them. And I really love that because, you know, if the system never changes, it gets really boring, right? Like, I, I want the statistics to change so that the probabilities are different every time it plays out. Because otherwise, it's the same character type that's most likely to win every single season. And that's that's really boring. Yes. The, the reason why this got really messed up is because it was a blood versus water season. Yes. Well, and on that, the bright side, that the identical twin sister of the winner was the first one kicked off. And that validated the system. Yes. To a certain extent. Yes, it did. And it, But it also shows you the whole thing is so arbitrary. But, you know, I got I to gotta look at the 20s and Natalie did not be, she didn't play it the same way as Nadia. I can see why Natalie stayed around and Nadia got, got kicked out. You know, yeah. Nat, 
Natalie just wasn't as aggressive and, uh, you know, she didn't make the same kind of assumptions. Yeah. But uh, no, it was like putting them, it was like putting my system in a giant game of Russian roulette. That's what it felt like because oh anything God. could happen at any moment. And it kind of, and it kind of did. Yes. Um, Do you like, recategorize Natalie in hindsight? No, never. Nobody ever moves. Nobody ever moves. No, no, because it's not about how they behave in the game. This, this system is purely based on their bio and their video and their pre-game cast assessment. Okay. And then they're, then they're in their place, and then they're going to do what they're going to do. Because I was going to ask you, because I know last season we did this after a couple of episodes, and we sort of got to get a sense of a feel for people, but it doesn't even matter. We could do it the day that the casting stuff comes out. We don't need to see them in the episode. No. No, we don't. I mean... I really do need a video to help me. Um, some of the earlier seasons, like I'll tell you right now, I completely effed up Marquesas. I had to go back and move about three people into a different spot because I started watching the first half of the season and I realized I got it completely wrong. But that's because uh, historically there just wasn't enough information kicking around on the internet. I was going by a very brief bio to try and remember like, oh, what was Gina all about? Yeah. And you know, so um, if, as long as, you know, so what I'm using is their, the bio that they submitted for CBS. I'm using the video, the meet the cast video that's like a minute and a half. And I'm using the interview that Gordon Holmes did of them. And that's it. I don't even, I don't even want to know anything else. If it makes you feel better, the road to four screwed up Marquesas pretty bad. <laughs> they did. It's true. <laughs> so you weren't alone. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the blood versus water, I mean, the person who had the best chance of winning quit because casting really wanted her boyfriend on the show. So they let her play, even though she wasn't going to stick it out. They wanted a pageant girl. They wanted a meathead. They wanted a southern guy. So they ended up essentially with six players who didn't know what they were doing because they brought their loved ones with them. So that really mucked up the whole game. It was terrible. Okay. All right. Well, that's in the past. We're not going to worry about that. Yeah, no, good. Was there anything that you took away from last season that made you change the system at all? Yeah. I mean, in terms of how I predict um, who's going to end up where, I realized in terms, of, um, in terms of system accuracy, the predictions for the finish order are much more accurate than the predictions for most likely to win. Okay. So there's, it's two, it's two separate, it's two separate um, ratios, right? It's two separate uh, rates of probability. And if you try and, and I tried to mush them together to figure out who's going out first and who's likely going to finish in the top five. Yes. You know, and it, it kind of, uh, it can really screw you up because a lot of these players, they're either going to win the whole thing or they're going to get targeted relatively early and get knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. This was a, a debate that Nicole and I had during the season preview and she couldn't quite uh, relate to this concept. She said, I couldn't have it both ways. I said, no, no, yeah. no, but I can. And she said, no, I, she said, I was uh, just try. She said I was being uh, wishy-washy basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I'm going to be wishy-washy too. Okay. But I mean, in terms of last year's accuracy, uh, three players finished exactly in the order I said they would. So that was uh, Nadia, Val and Missy. Two players finished within one place of where I predicted. And that was Rocker and Wes. Yeah. And of the last half of the cast, so the top nine players, five of who I said would be there were actually there. Yeah. And that was Alec, Missy, Jacqueline, Keith, and Wes. But that's only like a 50% accuracy rate, which in my mind is no better than guessing. So that's why I'm saying good riddance to San Juan del Sur. Okay. I'm, I spit like Keith. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. we should do is have somebody 
who knows nothing just do the basically the control group. Yes, of, I was thinking that. Would a random guesser do yes. just well as yes. this system? God, that would be depressing. All right, so here's what we should do also. So somebody that's listening, somebody from uh, the Robinson Podcast audience, if you have a wife or a husband who doesn't <laughs> even watch Survivor, you give them the, all the same information and then have them predict how the season is going to play out. And then at the end of the season, we'll compare it to Angie. That's okay? awesome. You feel confident. <laughs> oh, yes. I feel confident. I think, I think I can beat a random stranger who knows nothing about the game. Yeah, this is like in like the office pool in like a March Madness type thing when like somebody doesn't even watch any of the basketball wins the whole thing. That's that's what this will be. So, all right. So we'll be able to uh, test that. And what I will do is I'm going to put up Angie's cheat sheet of all the different character types up on the website so you could follow along and I won't put who Angie says is who in the description. Okay. That sounds awesome. Okay. All right. That'll be really fun. So let's get to survivor worlds apart. Now, how do you want to go through this? You want to go by the person or you want to go by the character type? I want to go by the person. Okay. Because I do know that some listeners like to try and figure out what character type the cast is. Uh, before we do our podcast here. So I wanted to focus a little bit more on my process and let the listeners know why I made the choices I made. Yes. Um, so it's I like it's not just pulled out of thin air. I do really consider like different elements of the bio. So um, and it's not about how they they don't it's not about how they're playing the game. It's definitely just on what's in the in the pregame assessment. So I mean, while Potentially identifying which behaviors are the most successful for each character type while playing is absolutely a worthy endeavor. That's a, you know, that's a massive project and it's one that I've not taken on as of yet. So if people want to give you feedback as they go along, uh, let me just give out your Twitter here up at the front of the show Mm -hmm. uh, at Angie Kantz. That's Angie, A-N-G-I-E, as in uh, can we have some cookies? Uh, (laughs) C-A-U. NCE because I know a lot of people will want to give you uh, feedback on individual people and so this is going to be like a real time thing even though it's going to be recorded. Awesome. All right. Angie. All right. So here I go. Hit so me. what I'm going to do is I'm going to go all Marco Polo on you. So you're the con. Oh, this- you again with this Netflix show. Yeah, you yeah, love yeah. Marco Polo. I do like it. It's no Walking Dead, but I do like it. So you're, you're the con in this scenario. So I'm going to go through the cast one by one, and I'm going to tell you what I saw as I saw it. Okay. And then I want you to tell me which character type you think they are based on what I've highlighted. Here we go. Okay. Um, okay. And, and for any future survivors who may be listening to this, um, I'm sure you know yourself a little better than I do. So if you could just work your character type into your CBS bio somewhere, I would really appreciate that. You know, okay. like with, when they ask if, you know, how you will be, how you know you'll be the sole survivor, if you could just say like, well, like Aaron Brockovich, I'm really smart. Or yeah. Really, you know, I think that's possible. Or three things you want to bring with you to the, exactly. uh, say, oh, I would bring my Aaron Brockovich DVD. Exactly. I mean, if Shireen can say she wants to bring a muffin to the island, I think she can help <laughs> me out a little bit. Right. right? I would bring uh, like three words to describe you. Uh, tough, old, broad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to do this in order of their overall finished placement. So okay. we're starting We're starting with the person who's going to be the first boot. First all boot. The, all the way up to the top. But uh, the person with the highest average finished placement is not the person who's most likely to win. Yes. 
Okay, so you, so you get that because, like, if you take someone from, uh, if you take a character type who wins 50% of the time, they have the highest win rate, but that means they're either coming in first or coming in last. So it's actually more accurate to say they'll finish ninth than yeah. it is to say they'll be in first. Angie, I understand this. Uh, okay, you're, you're good. talking to the right person in this house you, that understands need, this concept. Do you need me to talk to Nicole for you? <laughs> I, I can know. do that. I can do that. <laughs> it would. <laughs> I think it's a lost cause, but let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. All right. So first, the first person we're going to be talking about finishing in 18th place is Kelly. Okay. Yeah. So what I see with Kelly, her bio is very short. It's to the point. She says she can analyze people. Uh, she's competitive, smart, witty, and driven. These are her words, but she also says she's too loyal. So she wants to make sure she doesn't trust too much. So the biggest clue in Kelly's bio is that she's 44 years old and she's a cop. So in my mind, this makes this character type uh, pretty easy to determine. So yeah. who do you think? Who do you think she is? Um, oh, I think that uh, she's clearly your tough old broad. Okay, why do you think that? Uh, or, or is it? Oh, I'm sorry. You know what? Uh, well, look at the cheat sheet. Remember, the tough old broad is someone who is extremely wired. Oh, the uh, I can see your periscope. Is that a new one? Nope. It's just she doesn't get cast that, <laughs> that often. That's, uh, I can see your periscope. Yeah. Do you remember the reference? To that? <laughs> no. That's, a, that's from, a, Woody, a Woody Allen line. Oh, it's not from uh, Jonathan Penner's uh, Periscope Down? No. Although oh, I'm that's, sure that's... How could you not quote me, Angie? Well, in this particular case, no. I'm sorry. It's oh. Down Periscope. Down Periscope. I'm sure he would get the Woody Allen reference, though. He strikes me as a Woody Allen fan. Yes. Okay. I can see your periscope. So that's, if you have one of those, that's the worst people on Survivor? Pretty much. Yeah. So remember that uh, Cass and Scout are just about the most successful of this character type. Yes. The the type goes out almost immediately. And it's because uh, Kelly's going to be either way too bossy or all the the hustlers are going to be like, she's on to me. She's got to go. So, yeah, it's the people like Rodney that are going to be looking at her saying, no, 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 this this chick isn't buying what I'm selling and they're going to get rid of her. Have we just not had a I can see your periscope in the last couple of years? We had Cass. Um, but before that, I knew you're going to make me look at my giant. <laughs> Let me find her here. Um, there's been a couple of them, but again, they go out really early. So, um, yeah, all the way back to One World, Nina. Remember Nina? Nina, yes. Yeah, she went out really early. Christine from uh, South Pacific. Okay. I can see you know? Periscope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, so next. I don't think she'll be the first one out. Okay. I think she's going to be she's going to be okay. I wonder also how does the system account for people in tribes of 6 versus people in tribes of 10? Um yeah. Like it doesn't. This, it doesn't. It's a trap for me to try and do that. I can't predict who's going to win challenges and who isn't. What tribe swaps are going to happen? I tried to do that last year, and if I had just done the straight order finish, it would have been far more accurate. So I'm just leaving it as is, and roughly within three or four spots of each other. This is this is. It's what is really good at, at is figuring out who's going to make the merge, and definitely who's going to be in like the top seven. That's where this system tends to be very consistent. Okay. Okay. So next we have Mr. Vince. So Vince. We, yeah, our 32-year-old coconut vendor is coming in in 17th place. Wow. All right, so let's talk about what I saw with Vince. First of all, could he have a weirder job? <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> Can we just look sure, at the Bible? He could. I've, uh, I've never met a coconut vendor in my life. Um, he could be a chinchilla trainer. You think that's weirder than a coconut vendor? Yeah, like, I think so. Probably. Working with animals that live is very stabilizing, at least. Right? <laughs> like, I don't know. Selling coconuts is just bizarro. And can we look at his biopic for a sec? Like, he looks redonkulous. Like, this shirt makes him look like, like he has breasts. And, yes. Uh, it, yeah, it, right? He has big pecs. Yes, and in the video, he's doing some kind of, like, Wiccan dance in the ocean. Like, what? I don't know what the hell he's thinking. Yeah. He says he's magnetic, unconventional, and intelligent. I'm always really suspicious of people who need to point out their own intelligence. Like, Rob, if I asked you to describe yourself, would the first thing out of your mouth be like, oh, I'm so smart? Yeah, I think that's one of those things. I always say, if you have to declare it, it's probably not true. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if I think a person is smart, it's usually pretty obvious and they don't need to tell me. Um, and I mean, for the record, all the people last year who said they were good at puzzles, they all sucked. So, at puzzles or in general? At, at puzzles. Like I'm watching them in the challenge because I like I, I really, you know, this is one of the ways that I tried to predict which tribe would win the challenge and which one wouldn't. Because it's like, oh, they have four women who all say they're great at puzzles. They weren't. It was like John Mish who was good at the puzzles. It was it was no, it was terrible. OK. Anyway, so, I mean, there are players this year who are telling us they're going to be so good at the mental challenges. And, you know, I think that's just what they tell themselves as part of their, like, self-love exercises that they, you know, I don't think it's based in reality. Okay. But, and Vince says he's very social and most like poverty, Coach and Fabio, which is, like, the most random list you could possibly put together. Um, he has the long hair, but he's not very athletic. And he has feathers in his hair. That's like, true. Like Coach. That's the part that's like Coach. Yeah, yeah. And he talk but he talks about like doing art and gathering in groups with intention. It's very new agey stuff. Yeah. Um and he seems to uh he see he seems to know the game, but he thinks he's gonna be in with the in crowd and I think he's vastly overestimating his likability. Okay. So based on all of that, he's a bit of a tricky one. Which one do you think he is? Okay. Well, again, my gut reaction is this seems like a pony boy to me. You'd be absolutely right. I Yay. know the pony boy when I see one. You do. You're a big fan of the pony boy. No, Angie, can we have duplicates? I know on San Juan del Sur, I feel like we had duplicates. Are we? Can we have more than one person or we're not doing that? I, am, I have not put anyone as a duplicate in this season. I think Theoretically, we could. Right? Theoretically. Theoretically. But I don't, I, I don't think that's really the intention that they're trying to do. I think they're trying to find very diverse people. So I almost feel like I've missed something if I feel like two people are in the same category. Okay. All right. Pony boy is there. Um, yes. He could be out early. I'm not sure if it's going to be him, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. I feel better about him being 17 than I do about Kelly being 18. I'm hoping, you know, I, I, I feel like this cast is really strong. Um, I think, I think Kelly in, you know, and in, in, in another season would do really well, but I mean, given what I've, what I've gleaned from the rest of the cast, I think she could be in trouble because the rest of the cast seem like they're really sharp. Okay. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, no, Vince says he's gonna, he's definitely the outsider. He says he's going to flirt with the older women, but I don't think they're interested in his coconuts, you know? <laughs> well, he's an outsider. That's why he's pony boy. Yeah, I mean, what he does have going for him is at least a couple of people have identified him as someone they want to align with. But I think they think uh, he's a flake, and that's that's why. And, you know, once he starts talking about heart chakras and all that, I think it's going to be all over for him. Yeah. I, 
I think I give it one episode before Rodney calls him a Fruit Loop, and then it'll be all like, "Look at the flowers, Vince." And it's gonna be done. Yeah. <laughs> well, Rodney is on a different tribe than him, so it should be at least for the time being. He should be okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, how often the, the swaps happen pretty early with this with the six people tribes, yeah. right? It's like two two episodes in, and then they're no, not that up. early. Really? I thought you had to just get through two votes and then it's all different. I mean, I think in the earliest, and I I could be wrong about this, but I believe it's after the fourth vote traditionally has been when the three tribes have swapped. Uh, I know that was the case in Survivor All-Stars and and technically is after three votes in Jenna Maraska leaving. Uh, I know that in Survivor Philippines, Matt Singh, I think, lost the first four then they had a swap, and then in Survivor Kagiyan, after Jatia went out fourth, that's when they had a swap. So it's been all three times they've done six. It's been at four. Maybe they'll do it at three. Maybe they'll do it at five. Uh, this time, just to do something different. But it's never been after two. Okay. Well, do you think Vince has any chance of lasting that four? I don't think he does. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know if he's the first one out of that group. Again, it could come down to so many different things uh in a group like that i you know i had said originally in the cast preview show i was worried about nina in that group of six if they lose a challenge i Uh mean it it could come down to whoever does bad in the uh challenges it could come into who and if like two people end up pairing up like if he ends up sort of like in a sort of showman deal then it's sort of easy in a group of six to you know pull in two other people rather than have the other four people unite against you. It's very unpredictable in the six-person group. It is. It is. Well, remember that one of the things about Pony Pony Boy as a character type as well is he's not very reliable. So, you know, like uh, Ice Cream Scooper Eric, no one really knew how he was voted, you know? So, like, if you're a bit of a... If you're being non-committal, if you're just going with the flow, sometimes see that and people see that as a threat, and they might get rid of you just for that reason. So I, I don't know what what he's going to be like if he's too flaky. That alone could could get him kicked out before Nina. Okay. Oh right, yeah, Vince is hard to read. He is hard to read. It is hard to read. Okay, you ready for the next one? I'm ready. Also off the no caller tribe is Will Sims the second. Yes. So this is our 41 year old YouTube sensation. Yes. So he's funny, loyal, and caring. He says he's got people skills, which I believe because his YouTube video was awesome. Um, He says he's most like Earl, but that's probably just because, you know, that's a black dude who won. Um, He says in his interview with Gordon Gordon Holmes that he's fun-loving and that he doesn't get stressed out. So what I picked from this is he is not as cutthroat, sneaky, or manipulative as some of the other players. Uh, He's a dad. He's a husband. He seems like a lot of fun. So based on that, what do you think? uh, Where do you think I put him? Boy, uh, this is tough because I know that there's only a couple of different ways uh, to go here. Uh, We're looking at him as an older guy, right? Yes, that is not an intense personality. So that limits it very significantly. Yeah. And there's not a lot of other options here. I mean, he's he's not an alpha male control freak. No. Uh, I don't think he's a specialist uh i know he's not a true grid i know he's not a heisenberg mm-hmm. uh then i think then he's probably a mr miyagi yep that's it there you go so yeah no will's good for a free vote but not not much else that's how i'm thinking about him 
Yeah. He's, uh, he's, uh, he, I think he's going to be worrying so much just about not getting voted out that he's not really going to be very proactive at all. Uh, but he's going to get along well with everybody. And, uh, you know, he, he, I think he's probably going to suck at a couple of the challenges, though. So he might get targeted just for that. Yep. Who says you can't go home? Nobody. <laughs> I think you're going home early. Will yeah. Sims, too. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't Mr. be surprised. Miyagi. I wouldn't be surprised if he jumped the line and went out before Vince on that call. Now, um, can you just uh, explain the Mr. Miyagi thing? You say in your uh, cheat sheet that Mr. Miyagi is a kind, wise, intelligent, well-spoken, not intense, highly reflected, easygoing. Could you give us uh, some historical context of the Mr. Miyagi? Um, yeah. So you mean other players that are like him? Yes. So we can yes. sort of just get a baseline. Yeah. So my list here has uh, LJ, Vetus, Penner, Jonas, Dan Limbo, Butch, and Paschal. So Penner is probably the most intense and aggressive of the Mr. Miyagi, but he's he's got that... Wax on, wax off, Danielson. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, yeah, no, he's very, he's very reflective. He's got, he's, he's very intelligent. Um, it, you know, Jonas is a really good example of one. Like, he's like, oh, come on, guys, come on. You know, he's just really nice. Um, Anthony from, uh, was that, was that Fiji? Fiji. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I mean. So when you put these two guys together on the surface, just from a professional point of view, like what they do for a living, they look very, very similar, but you see Anthony was so nice and he just wanted to do the right thing and he wanted everyone to get along and Earl just wanted to win and he was willing to do whatever it takes. And that's when you can really see the difference between Mr. Miyagi and someone that's more like a Heisenberg or, uh, or a seduce and destroy or something like that. Okay. All right. So Mr. Miyagi's off the board. Will Sims too. I, I'm not feeling like Will is long for this game. No, I don't think he is. Okay. I think he'd be right. Okay. So next coming in 15th place, white collar Joaquin. White collar Joaquin. Yeah. So this is our 27 year old marketing director. So his hair is slicked back like a playa. He says he is overindulged in life. And for me, that's code for he's had more booze and women than any man deserves. Wow. Uh, he says he's outgoing, charismatic, social. Uh, <laughs> this is the line that I love. He's not just athletic. He's unbelievably athletic. That's good. Yeah. I don't think he gets that there are like professional athletes on this show. Because, yeah, compared to them, he's not going to be unbelievably athletic. You don't so, know that. I, he might I'm, surprise you. I'm confident that next to uh, some of these, uh, some of these other people okay. that haven't played in the NFL, he might, uh, he might be a little bit wanting, but okay. So his arrogance and his job is definitely a clue for us here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he says, he's not like anybody we've seen before. That is not true. Okay, Drew. So um, basically I'm a badass. <laughs> and here he is. You put him in the Drew Christie spot, uh, fourth off. I think he's also in the Drew Christie character type. Uh, yeah. That's a seduce and destroy. It sure is. That one's, uh, yeah. I have no faith that Joaquin is going to do well at all. Yeah, well, I'm so. like three out of four right now. You are. Well, the cheat sheet helps, right? Yes. Hopefully. But you're, you're starting to internalize the system a little bit as well. Yes. So. Yeah, no, that's good. So, yeah, I mean, if you if Joaquin wants to stick around, he's he's going to have to put a lid on his of his his high opinion of himself is going to have to take a going to take a back seat um, <laughs> Get in the back seat and let me drive. Yeah, that's, that's right. 
So, um, like so many seduce and destroys before him, they think they're running the show when in fact they are the show. Everyone's pointing and laughing and then they get snuffed. But, but this is important to note. They aren't always asshats. Like if you look at Mike from one world, John Cody was one of these guys too. But I find that long gone are the days of the competent 30 something executive like Yule and Earl. Mm -hmm. They all seem to be like Drew now. And, uh, and why not? I mean, you would never throw a challenge and then get voted off. That's good TV. Drew Christie is uh, an executive? No, but he's a sales guy. What does he sell? I don't remember. <laughs> nothing, nothing I'm buying. What, yeah, whatever he's selling, I'm buying. <laughs> I don't want it. I'm buy- I'll take two. Yeah, for a dollar. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. We got the first four boots out of the way. Yeah, that's right. All right. We ready to move on? I'm ready. Okay, from the Blue Collar Tribe, in 14th place is Sierra Dawn Thomas. Okay, Sierra the Third. Yes, so she is our 27-year-old barrel racer. Yeah, why are you so down on Sierra? I'm not down on her. I like Sierra. What's not Uh, to like? Yeah, so she likes hunting, fishing, football, basketball, long-distance running. She does rodeo professionally. That's pretty badass. Yeah. She doesn't need running water. She thinks other girls look pretty soft. Uh, she says she's most like poverty, but she actually reminds me a lot of Andrea. Yeah. Um, she says she's getting her master's in criminal justice, uh, but she's doing it on a rodeo scholarship. Hmm. I, I think that's pretty cool. They didn't have rodeos at the University of Toronto when I was there. So like, what the hell, man? Would you uh, have gone on a rodeo scholarship had they had it? Maybe. You don't know. Yeah. I have, I have skills. Why? Is that something that you're interested in? No. Oh, but you might have been if there was scholarships. If, if, yeah, if it meant like a free ride to university. Sure, I yeah. figure out how to ride a horse. Why sure. not? Um, okay, so based on uh, based on that, where do you think we put Sierra? Well, I think that this is going to be your secretly smart bikini babe. Very close. Oh, you got one wrong for uh, okay. your first your first strike. No, I got the wrong. Uh, I can see your periscope. Yeah, that's true. You did too. Um, it's because she is in a because she's a professional athlete. Rodeo is pretty hardcore. Uh, the hunting, the fishing, the football. Our secretly smart bikini babe is usually not a super athlete, like not not super intensely athletic, like this. Yeah. All right. So you're going to give her the GI Jane. She's our GI Jane. Okay. Yes. And remember also that Secretly Smart Bikini Babe is like 99% of the time she's pre-law or pre-med. So just because she's getting um, her master's degree doesn't necessarily make her a Secretly Smart Bikini Babe. Very, very tricky. Very yes. tricky, the character types. Yes. So right. um, she, she, you know, she seems really tough. And, um, you know, just in terms of my take of her, she is like, oh, my God, beautiful. But she seems a little boring. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, give me some examples of G.I. Jane so we can put this in historical context. Andrea, Michaela, Stephanie LaGrosa, Crystal, yes. Co- Crystal Cox, Kelly Wigglesworth. All right. So you're saying that they're t- too outspoken. Is that the problem? Uh, usually they're uh, they're probably uh, sometimes they're just I think that Sierra's problem is that she's not a big enough fan of the game. And I think other players are going to trip her out. But if you look at someone like Stephanie um, yeah, sometimes they're a little too aggressive. They're often very competitive. Like when they win challenges, they'll get mad at the tribe for not doing better. And um, I think they rely a little bit too much on their athleticism. They've got a bit of an, an Aussie thing going on there. 
Do you count seasons like Heroes vs. Villains in your character type rank- rankings? So, like, you're saying, like, okay, well, this is like a Stephanie. Do you penalize the character type because Stephanie went out second on Heroes vs. Villains? Yes. See, I don't think you should do that. I think that's not fair. Why? Because I feel like against, you know, neutral competition, the character type went far. Like, there could be, you know, all completely different uh, reasons why they would go out early. It doesn't have to do with her being a G.I. Jane. It has to do with potentially her being whatever. Well, it's again, like, it's so... As soon as you start making subjective decisions, yeah. the, the whole thing goes out the window. There are a million different factors like that. Yeah. I think that this should only apply to new seasons. I don't think you should put returning players into the mix on this. Um, That's my opinion. I bet it's not no, my character you, types. You know what? You're, you're not the first person to have that opinion. It's also like, oh, is it fair to say that it's more competitive when it's a returning one than, uh, than a new one? It's uh, it's definitely worth looking at. It's I, I again I feel like I just need to look at the whole field mm-hmm. as one giant blob because as soon as you start picking and choosing and imposing your will upon it, then you're changing the probabilities. I mean, I'm not saying anything else except for throw out the results from season twenty. Um, maybe well, throw out, throw out season eight while we're at it. Um, and, uh, what, what about all the fans versus favorites? I would say throw out the favorites from fans versus favorites. Okay. So that means that the siren can't win because we're not counting poverty. Um, I'm sure they can win, but I feel like that's not really a fair example. Or if you want to, if you want to take away the, the people, the pre jury results, like the people that just got picked off early, in these all-star seasons, I feel like it's not a fair reflection on the, you know, overall that that character type gets pushed down. I think it's almost more accurate for the all-star ones than it is for the fans versus favorites, because I think the fans are getting picked off just because they're fans and it has nothing to do with their character type. The all-star seasons, I think it's definitely like it was Stephanie's personality that got her voted out in all-stars. It wasn't because everyone's like, oh, she's such a threat. She's going to win. It was like, she's annoying. I don't like her. I'm getting rid of her. And that's that's part of the character type. Okay. Um, It's fair, though. It's not I'm not discounting that as, as something that's. Yeah, that's worth. That's worth. Uh, I can see your point too. I I would get rid of it, but we'll agree to disagree. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's keep going. Who's after GI Jane? Okay. So after GI Jane, we have in thirteenth place Hallie, okay, twenty-five-year-old law student. Is it Hallie or Haley? Haley. Okay. Whatever. (laughs) I'm sure she doesn't appreciate Uh, whatever. (laughs) I'm sure she cares. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just reading it uh, rather than. uh, listening to her say her own name yeah so that's, that's that's my bad okay. hopefully hopefully i'm pronouncing shireen correctly yes i think you are um okay. sorry so she's the sixth person off yes and okay uh do you want to give me some more background on her are you ready for me to guess um i think you can probably uh you can probably guess but i i do want to point out what i what i noticed so she's into surfing jujitsu motorcycles she's tenacious free and focused now, free and focused are contradictions, so I kind of questioned her ability to make a legal argument. But she's you know, no collar. I, uh, I guess she's just all over the place. Yes, um, she's like wait for it, poverty. Yes, because she's always planning and calculating risks. Um, so what I really know is she's young, she's pretty, she's smart, and she's in law school, which makes her 
That's your secretly smart bikini babe. Yes. Okay. There you go. So this character type has a terrible track record. So Why is it so bad? Um, because they're too intense and they make themselves a target. I've also noticed that this type has trouble making friends with other women. Mm-hmm. So Tell me about they- the secretly smart bikini babes. Who are the ones in the past? Okay, so we've got Alexis, Amanda, Candace, Eliza, Heidi, Elizabeth, and Colleen Haskell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you think of the ones that have gone far, like Heidi and Amanda, they were the ones who were able to make good friends. Yeah. So if Haley can do that, I think she might she might just be laid back enough to coast for a little while. But if you think of like Eliza and Candace, there's such a nervous intensity about them mm-hmm. that other people just don't really trust it. They should they just have a hard time getting in really solid with an alliance. Yeah. So we'll see because she does seem to be a little bit more low key. Now, again, is this pushed down because Candace got voted off first on the original Blood versus Water? Yes, that that affects it. But believe me, there are plenty before her that have <laughs> screwed up that uh, she doesn't. That's not her bringing the whole ratio down. Okay, by by a long shot. Okay, so are we ready for in twelfth place? This is my controversial pick. All right, this is on the jury now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think I'm going to get some pushback on this one. Okay, not from me. Well, I appreciate that. Yes. Okay, so in 12th place, I have Mr. Max Dawson. Max Dawson, 12th place. All right, he's on the, he's on the jury, though. Yes, he made it to the jury. All so right. he is our 37-year-old media consultant. Yes. So Max is outspoken, bearded, and brilliant. He can, compares himself most to Penner. Um, he has laser-like focus, confidence, conviction, and level-headedness. Hmm. Okay. okay. And he seems like the definition of a really intelligent super van, uh, super fan. Yes. Um, so I was, I was, I was flipping back and forth with him. There were a couple of, there were a couple of men that really, I was, I was struggling with, but it's his reasons why he will be the sole survivor that clinched his character type for me. So although he is really smart and although he does have an intensity about him, uh, I found that he comes across as a larger than life character. The beard, the kale, wanting to hear Jeff say all the fixins. By the time I was reading that he's aced every interview he's been in, received every job he's applied for, and sold hundreds of thousands of dollars of research to corporations, I started to be reminded of a certain story I heard about an adventure with natives in the Amazon. Oh. Yeah. So it's not that I'm doubting the validity of Max's claims. It's simply that I'm recognizing that the mythos he's created about himself enters the room five minutes before he does. And that means he can only be one thing. Okay. (sighs) Oh, no. Not the specialist. Max is the specialist. Oh, my God, Angie. Yeah. I am sorry, rap fans. Oh, my God. I'm saying to myself, all right, is it going to be the know-it-all or the Heisenberg? You think Max, Max Dawson is the, the specialist. specialist. Yes. Right, tell us a little bit about the specialist, because I'm sure that people that are listening are thinking, okay, you're saying he's going to be Philip. Yes. So hear me out, though. So other specialists include Coach, Philip, Rupert, Tarzan, Jimmy T, Cowboy, and your boy, Matthew from Amazon. <laughs> Mateo. So, yes. So, I mean, I really, I'm really sorry that he is not the Heisenbeard, that term was tossed about in the chat room of your cast assessment podcast. And I really wanted that to be a thing, but I don't think he's the Heisenberg. But with the possible exception of Coach 3.0, we have never, ever had a game-savvy specialist. 
I really like Max. And there is no doubt in my mind that Max knows this game inside and out. So I think he could pull a Natalie. I think he has a real shot at putting this character type on the board because they've allowed this character to be really, really fun and really vivacious, but also uh, very analytical and self-reflective. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does. So what does he need to do to make this work? <sighs> well, I mean, usually the specialist falls apart because um, they, they're so arrogant and they're believing in their own uh, stories about themselves that they think that if they make it into the final two, they're such narcissists, they believe everyone will give them the, the title of sole survivor. And uh, I... I don't know. Max has a quietness about him as well as that kind of, I don't know how much of the arrogance is a story, you know, like how much, how much of it is him just like, I'm going to be this guy to get cast on this show. That might all kind of get peeled back once he's actually on it. Like, you know how Spencer was super arrogant and then he got on the show and then he became like this sweet little underdog guy. Yes. Max might, might do something like that too. Yeah. Could go either way. Again, I feel like that this white collar tribe is going to have a lot of the same problems that the brains tribe had. And I think Max could find himself in a very similar situation to what Spencer went through in Survivor Kageyan. I agree. I think the I think the white collar tribe is in trouble. If I had to guess which ones were going to lose all the challenges, I would say them. Yeah, I do think that as well. And I really liked uh, Nicole talking about their body language because I thought she was bang on with that. They're, they're all working as individuals and that's really going to bite them in the butt. All right, so Max is unfortunately the specialist, according to the Kant's types. Who else is on the jury? Okay, so in 11th place, we have Jen Brown. Jen Brown. Our 22-year-old sailing instructor. She also gave me a run for my money trying to figure out where to put her. So she's really sporty, and she says that she can do the mental challenges. Um, But here's my contention with that. She was asked for three words to describe herself, and she gave four. Like she put a slash between two of them, like that's going to make it not count as two words. And I think that's her problem right there. She seems to, to not be able to, to pin down a single thought. And I think you really need to, to have focus in this game. Yeah. Um, like if there was any doubt for me, she, you know, her video really convinced me she was flaky and all over the place. Like she wants a vineyard, but she doesn't know about wine. No way. She wants a jet ski, but she doesn't need a million dollars for that. Um, I think she's like a chick spicoli. Whoa. No, she is. She's like a Chicoli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chicoli for sure. So yeah, no, she's like Aloha, Mister Hand. Yeah, she's really, she's really stoked. She says she's like Malcolm, but Malcolm isn't a surfer with ADD. So I'm thinking, no, you're Courtney Merritt. Oh no. Yeah, but can I, I just say I read her interview with Gordon Holmes, and she seemed really funny. So she may just Spicoli her way to the end. Like, if she's fun to have around and easy to get along with, she might actually fly under the radar. Yes. All right. But but based on that, who do you think I've put her as? I don't think I know you've put her as your Lady Gaga. Yes. 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 So that would you be... You have no po-po-po-po-po-po-po-poker face. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression. I saw right through that. Yeah. <laughs> Your code words. I got it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that would be like Courtney. Uh, that would be like uh, Sugar. Like the Lady Gaga usually doesn't go very far. That's like, you know, Lindsay who quit last year. Flicka is Lady Gaga. So mm-hmm. um, 
I don't know. I think I think Jen is going to be more likable. Often the Lady Gaga is really annoying, gets under people's skin. I don't think she's going to be like that. And based on that interview and how much I was laughing just from reading what she was saying to Gordon, I'm calling it right now. Jen Brown is going to be your next Miss Survivor. Wow. Yeah. Why do you say that? Because she's funny. She's good looking. She's funny. I think she's going to bring a, I think she's going to be a real hit on the podcast. Okay, That's I hope thing. so. I also yeah. think I like Lady Gaga more than you do. <laughs> I think you're down on Lady Gaga. I like Lady Gaga just fine. She's very talented. She is. Yeah. I don't know she if is. she's flaky. No, she isn't. But she's kind of weird and out there. She's, a little, she's out there. She's out yeah. there. Yeah. But I think it's just for show. Oh, okay. well. No, I think in real life she's probably pretty out there too. <laughs> All, All right. right. In 10th in place. 10th place. Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. 2.0. Yeah. The sequel. So she's our 24-year-old hairdresser. Yes. So Lindsay wants players to think she's the ditzy girl who's going to make dumb choices. Yes. She, she talks about flirting constantly. Uh, she looks like a flake, but she comes across as pretty level-headed. Hmm. So she's a fan of the show. Um, I was expecting her to be the flaky new-agey girl. I thought she was going to be my Lady Gaga when I saw the face tattoo. But when I read her bio and watched her video, I didn't think that's what she brought to the table. Okay. You know? So, um, yeah, she was all about being charming and using her feminine wiles to move ahead. So this one was uh, pretty easy for me. Okay. Um, I am not as high on Lindsay 2.0 as you are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's got a really good shot to be the first one out. Um, I am thinking from what you're saying that you think she's the siren. You'd be right. Yes. So, now, I do think the one thing that could save her is... A flirt mance with the Rodney. Yep. I think that's yep. the one thing that could be the saving grace. Cause I think otherwise I think she's the first one out when that tribe goes to tribal council, even though mm-hmm. I think that they probably won't go to tribal council uh, in the first couple of votes, but yeah, that could be interesting. I think she has a chance flirting with, uh, with Mike too. I think that she'll be fine. Yeah. I don't see her and Mike as a match. I'd be surprised if that happens. I think just, I think he, I don't think they're necessarily going to hook up or anything, but I, I I think when girls are, are flirty guys like to keep that around because it makes them feel good about themselves. So, I mean, she, she may be more in tune with Rodney, but I don't think Mike's going to, going to target her. Okay. All right. We'll see. All right. So you think Lindsay could be his 10th place finisher. Yep. 10th placer. How about that? Yep. Well, yes. Yep. No, the siren does pretty well. Yeah. Overall. Who are some other sirens besides poverty? Well, you've got your uh, you've got your Chelsea from from One World. Uh, Brenda is one of these. Uh, Morgan from last year. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, two years ago. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, it was one. You were right. It was one year. One year ago. Yes. Yes. Uh, Natalie White was a siren. Okay. Um, Natalie Bolton. She was one of my favorite sirens from, <laughs> um, from Micronesia. Wait, hold on. You have her and Poverty were both sirens? Yeah. Yes, that was another uh, season. That's why I was saying it was so they good. They mirrored in that season. They mirrored in that one, and it was so good. Yes. For that, that reason. Yes. Okay. So, and, but overall, they haven't cast a whole bunch of them. Like, Poverty was really one of the very first ones, and then it's been something that's been more consistent since Poverty. Okay. All, All right. right. Ninth place. Yeah, so in ninth place, we have Rodney. Rodney. <laughs> yes, Boston Rodney. Tw- yes, we have our 24-year-old contractor. 
So meathead was the first note I wrote down about Rodney. Yes. So he says he's loyal, passionate, and amusing. Um, you know what? Kind of like having to say that you're intelligent. If you have to tell me you're funny, uh, I'm not. I'm pretty suspicious of that. Yeah. Uh, he says that there's no one like him, but that's just because he doesn't know anyone. I think if he <laughs> saw Rocky, he'd be like, okay, maybe that guy. Yeah. Uh, he's a hustler. Uh, his video, he came across as kind of edgy, like kind of intense and aggressive. Hmm. Um, yeah, he says he's funny, but he didn't make any jokes. It's like he forgot to bring the funny. Yeah. Uh, the accent alone is pretty funny, but I don't think that's enough to cut it. But he's like a regular Joe kind of hustler guy, young guy who works in construction. Uh, and there's nothing about him that's particularly weird beyond the fact that he can't pronounce the R in car. Right. And this so, is tough. This is tough. I don't see anything that goes, I go directly to, uh, I feel like this is, you're going to say this is your John McClane. Yes. Yes. That's who it is. Much like so, uh, the original Boston survivor. Yeah. No. And, and Rocky. They're all John McClane's. <laughs> it's yeah. true. So, I mean, if he intuitively gets the game the way Boston Rob did, he could get go far. But I think there's so many players who know the game so much better than he does. I think they'll see everything he's doing a mile away. I, you know, I've got him here in ninth place, but he's a, he's a bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if he goes far into the game. Now, wh- why do you think he'll do, go so far to get to a couple votes after the merge? Um. I mean, just statistically, all the all the previous John McClane's, because you got to think like Malcolm is a John McClane. Like they're they just they're very good players, um, but usually they finish right in the middle. They're either gonna you know they get targeted uh, fairly early because uh, because people can tell they know what they're doing. Like Jeremy was the John McClane last year. That type yeah, of but I feel like when we're traditionally talking about these people that you cast as the John McClane, we're typically talking about guys that to use the collar terminology, sort of like blue collar, hardworking guys who come into the game and are going to be, you know, hard workers and people who are going to, you know, other people are going to trust them in the game. But I feel like while, yeah, I guess technically, I mean, Rodney fits the description of being sort of like a blue collar guy. um, The fact that he's like a Jersey Shore guy, I feel like is going to make people not want to work with him as much as some of these other people we're talking about. I don't know. I don't know if he's Jersey Shore. I like he almost seemed like Chucky from Goodwill Hunting. Like I think he's just the type of guy you want to go drink beer with, right? And I'll I mean, pass. <laughs> okay, well maybe it's not your your uh, your bag. I'll stay home and podcast that night. Yeah. Well, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You probably get beat up if you went to one of their their well, Boston bars. Anyway. Why would I get beat up? I don't know, Rob. Why would you? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to start a bar fight. Uh, no. Someone else might. Okay. I went to uh, Sonny McLean's one time with Boston Rob. I didn't get beat up. That's because Boston Rob was with you. Uh, I was with Boston Rob. I was sort of like the turtle to the Boston Rob in, in like the mecca of Boston sports in Los Angeles. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, who's that cool guy with Boston Rob?" No, they were like, <laughs> <laughs> "Who's who's the turtle in Boston Rob's entourage?" Oh, yeah. You're not a turtle, Rob. <laughs> well, if I'm in Boston Rob's entourage, I am. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, no, I mean, the John McClane is really good at not uh, not making a big target for himself. That's ultimately why they make the merge. So some of these other uh, smarter guys, especially the ones that really uh, know the game or feel like they've just been itching to play, they're going to come out of the gate fighting, and Rodney's just going to stand and he's going to watch them all eat each other, and then he's uh, he's going to start making his move. 
like around the merge time. All right. That's what I predict. I don't know. I don't see eye to eye with you on this one. I don't see him waiting around for anything. I see him like, you know, playing way too fast. Well, I'm talking historically based on other John McClane's. I don't trust Rodney to not not play fast either, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, this is just how it's played out in the past. Okay. All right. After Rodney, who's eight? Uh, Eighth place. We have Mike Holloway, our 38 year old oil driller. Yeah. So he is loyal, ambitious, and clever. He says he is most like Cochran, Ozzy, and Boston Rob. I, you know, it's, it's like I'm going to take the best of everybody. Yeah, nobody's ever me. said before that they're like Cochran and Ozzy. Yeah, that's funny, eh? Yes. Uh, um, but no, in his video, he calls himself a dumb country boy. So that was a really big indicator for me. So, um, so this, is, uh, this is another big survivor fan so that's uh that's pretty exciting yes okay so so based just on that that was enough for me where do you think uh i think you're gonna say that he's your good old boy that's right now usually i wouldn't put someone from texas necessarily in there but the fact that he is calling himself a dumb country boy tells me that that's kind of the the that's how he kind of identifies himself as that kind of texan salt of the earth uh hardcore um country guy um, but when was the last time we had a country boy who actually knew the game? Like he's really intense. He comes across his cutthroat. We say JT. Yeah. I think we could have another JT here. Yeah. That's really exciting. I think he's set up to do well. I think he could go really far. Cause usually the good old boy finishes like really high up, like on average eighth place, but it's not uncommon for them to be top five. Just like Keith. Right? Yeah. And I do think that Southern players, seem to have some sort of like inherent advantage in that people like just like baseline. I think that people will trust them more than somebody who's sort of like a, um, you know, somebody that is from like New York or Los Angeles. So I think Mm -hmm. they have a little bit of that going. And then if you have somebody who actually knows the game a little bit, I think that could be a very dangerous combination. I would agree. I think there's a lot has to do with the accent though. Do you think that's a factor? So if the fact that he doesn't have that thick Southern accent might work against him. Mm, I don't think uh, it will work against him. Um, I mean, who knows? It's hard to say. I mean, I think it's like if there was other players that had a Southern accent and they were sort of, you know, Hey, where's your Southern accent, man? Uh, (laughs) You're a a poser like John Fincher. John Fincher is a poser. Um, but I feel like there's just the fact that he's from, you know, Texas. I think that's probably good enough for a lot of these other people. I think people. that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope so. I'm, I'm excited to see what Mike does, actually. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for our number seven? I'm ready. All right. We've got So Kim. So Kim. Yeah. Our 31-year-old retail buyer. Okay. Yes. So she is spirited, charming, and honest. Okay. She, she as well, is most like Aussie, Poverty, and Cochrane. So she's just... She's taken out Boston Rob and put in poverty. So she's got the same comparison as Mike. So okay, God knows what that means. So yeah, she's flirty, devious, athletic, and paranoid. Uh, she says uh, that she's self-righteous and she wants to play the cute card. So I found that she comes across as a little bit dippy, um, but no one's really going to be looking at her and seeing her as a threat. So um, that's where she might get them. Hmm. So, so she's right around 30 years old. Social girl in a fairly regular type job. She's not weird or flaky or overly flirty. 
So what do you think she is? I would have to say, I feel like she's the Erin Brockovich. Yes. Yes. Very good. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, she in her boobs, Ed. (laughs) They're called boobs. Okay. Yeah. No, I think she's definitely going to be playing that card, but not uh, not overly so. Like she's just trying to be kind of cute as opposed to, you know, I'm going to use sex to get what I want. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she's in a she's in a fairly regular job retail buying at Macy's. It's, it's kind of sexy and cool, but it's it's fairly regular as well. Um, what I liked is in her interview with uh, with Gordon, she's already identified the surfer dude. So clearly she's a scholar of the system and knows who she should be aligning with. So that alone makes she's me... giving you a shout out by talking about the surfer dude. No, it just shows that she knows what she's doing. Okay. So I, I have a, I have a lot of faith in that. Uh, and so I think she's going to do really well. Okay. Yeah. I could see the survivor 31 and 32 players uh, knowing about this stuff. I feel like at the time that they went to go play, I think we had only done one of these. Isn't that enough? Well, I guess if they really love that podcast, they might was, listen to it, it was, a bunch of times. It was good stuff in there, man. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Top six, baby. Top six. Here we go. Next place. We have Nina. Nina. Yes. Our 15, 51-year-old hearing advocate and housewife. So she says she's most like Tina. Um, she's very much in shape. She does uh, running and hiking or her hobbies. Uh, she doesn't have children, or at least none that she mentioned. And in her video, she said that she has trouble lying. Oh, yes. it's so sweet. Yes. Yeah. So based on that, where do you think I put her? And based on how she looks, too. Like, she's very muscular. And Hmm. All right. Well, now you're throwing me off with the uh, very muscular. Uh, I feel like that's a sign you're trying to point me towards tough old broad, but... Uh- is I am that, trying to. I am trying to point you there. I want you to do well. Yes, is that what it is? Tough old yes. blog? Because that wasn't what I was going to guess. What were you going to guess? Um, I was going to say that I thought you were going to say a uh, culturally awkward girl. I was highly considering that because of her disability. Because I believe that's what Christy Smith was in your original rankings, right? I actually had her as Lady Gaga. So there. Okay, Christy Smith was Lady Gaga. Yes, because she was uh, she was a bit of an outsider. Okay. Lady Gaga is like the mirror image of Pony Boy. Yeah, That's how that works, right? Okay. Um, so yeah, Nina was a little bit tough. Yeah, right. uh, she and Carolyn were kind of similar in my mind, so I had a hard time figuring out: is it Carolyn or Caroline? Um, let's go with Carolyn. Carolyn, okay. Um, but uh, she has that kind of a nice lady who'll get along with everybody vibe to her. And that's very common for the tough old broad. So she reminded me of Denise and Tina. Um, but Jeff said that she's already wanting to go home. So that's not good. We've never actually had a tough old broad quit. So yeah, by definition, if yeah, you're a tough old broad, you don't want to go home on the first day. Oh, So if she brings down the stats of all those fine ladies. I'm going to be really mad. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, f- I felt because she uh, because she was very because she was very athletic and she kept talking about like overcoming adversity and and she seemed very nice and very sociable, like she'd get along with people. So I put her as the tough old broad. OK. All right. Now, here we are. The real top five, baby. Yeah, we're getting really close to the good stuff now. So in fifth place, we have Joe. Joe. Okay. Joe. So he's our 25 year old jewelry designer. So he's a state champion of basketball. So we know he's very athletic. Yes. Uh, he says he's most like Malcolm and Ozzy. 
He has the long hair and the pretty face. Um, he, uh, he thinks he's going to win because unlike everyone else who's dreamt of being on this show, when he's watching it, Rob, he's actually imagining that he's there and trying to figure out what he would do in that player's place. That's so, good. You have to imagine. Obviously, he's far more prepared than any other player who's ever played for that reason. Yes. Uh, so you know, I thought he was pretty cute. So <laughs> so based on uh, based on that, uh, where do you think I put him? That's your surfer, dude. He would be the surfer dude. He's already been identified as the surfer dude by other players who probably have never even heard of the surfer dude character type. So I think that's that's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, but remember, it's only the smart surfer dude who's a threat to win. Right. right? Like, you know, like uh, Aris was smart. Um, Ethan was smart. Tyson was smart. There's only been once uh, out of the four surfer dudes who've won who kind of fell ass, ass backwards into the win. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, Fabio, but uh, I just don't think Joe's got really what it takes. Like, and I mean, the good thing is he's got a, you know, he's got a bunch of people saying they want to align with him, um, which is great. But I think that's clearly because they see him as a free vote and they wouldn't be wrong. I think they want to use him for his athleticism, almost like an alien host. And when the time's right, they're just going to explode out of his chest and leave him for dead. Right. Well, you, you paint a very disgusting picture. Angie. <laughs> it's true, but that's how I'm, that's what's going to happen. Mark my words. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. yeah. Joe's the surfer dude. No uh, argument there. Yeah. Okay. So fourth place, Dan Foley. Dan Foley. Yes. Our 47 year old postal uh, employee. Okay. So Dan fascinates me. I kept thinking I had a handle on him and he kept throwing me for a loop. So I put him in one spot and then there'd be something about his bio or his video that just didn't fit. And I'd move him to another and then it would happen again. So he's opinionated, adventurous, and gregarious. He says he's the most like Stephanie, Rupert, and Tony. Uh, these are all very intense players. It was his video that convinced me where to put him. So because it's clear that Dan is our super intense super fan. And you can see the passion and energy in his eyes. He's got crazy eyes. Crazy right? eyes. He's got crazy eyes. His brain is never going to stop when he's out there. He's like postal Terminator. You could melt him down a liquid. He's still going to reanimate, hunt you down and kill you. Wow. So what do you think I made, Dan? Well, to me, it's uh, between Heisenberg and know-it-all. Um, let, me, let me read the descriptions and then let me try to figure out uh, where, where your brain is going. Uh, you describe Heisenberg as an intense middle-aged man. Usually blue collar job, very aggressive and high energy, can be strong but not athletic. Well, that sounds like that fits the bill. The know-it-all you describe as a super fan, highly intelligent, understands strategy, often well-educated, funny, can be arrogant. Uh, you described an intensity about Dan. Uh, I feel like you went with Heisenberg. You'd be right. Yes. Dan is this season's Heisenberg for sure. Okay. Um, but I really debated. Tread lightly, everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely tread lightly. He's the one who knocks. Yes, so on your door. Because there's a package it's from <laughs> Dan, not Jatia. That's right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I, have high hopes for Dan. I hope uh, I hope he doesn't let me down by putting him in there because uh, I think it was, a, it was a close race between him and Max. Okay. Um, and I thought I thought for a moment there that Dan could have been Mr. Miyagi, but you know, as I said, I watched that video and it was just 
memories of Tony, that idea of like, no one has tried as, as hard as I have to get on this show. And he's just, I don't know. I, th- I think he's really gonna, I think he's going to be super intense out there. I'm just worried he's going to be too intense to get medevac. Yeah, that's my, that's my fear about him as well, is that he's going to come out like he, he's waited so long to play this game. I don't know if he's going to have the patience not to just blow it all on day one. Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that he, that he hangs in there because the Heisenbergs make such good TV. I really don't want him to go out early. Yeah. They win Emmys left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Heisenberg is a critically acclaimed television. Yep. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. <laughs> One of my favorites. That is good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Now we're in the top three, baby. Yeah. So in third place, and remember, this isn't most likely to win. This is just their their average placement. Okay. So uh, in third place, we have Tyler Fredrickson. Tyler. Yeah. So he's 33, an ex-talent agent. So Tyler has a lot to say about himself. He has two master's degrees, which tells me at least he has a modicum of intelligence. Uh, He has that kind of uh, quirky, but more than meets the eye kind of occupation. Uh, he's arrogant, but not like slimy arrogant, like a seduce and destroy. He's a super fan. Um, he says he's trying. He's already trying to find uh, the, the meathead and the Philip or the coach. Um, but he also says that everyone sees, seems confident, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it's cool that you think he says everybody is competent or you think it's cool that everybody is competent? Both. Okay. I think it's cool that he recognizes it. And I think it's cool that I think he's right. All right. Okay. So based based on that, where do you think I put Tyler? We don't have a lot of other choices here. Uh, oh. I've got the alpha male control freak. I've got True Grit. I've got the know it all, and I've got Perez Hilton. I know he's not <laughs> Perez Hilton. Um, now True Grit is tricky because True Grit says a retired pro athlete or military guy, cop, firefighter. Tyler used to be a kicker. Um. So I feel like you could go with that angle and try to shoehorn him in there. Uh, He's a bit bit young for that. Okay. You could say say. he's the alpha male control freak because he has, you know, an interesting job. Or you could say he's the know-it-all, but I don't feel like he's a super fan. But I think that's where you put him. I think you put him the know-it-all. I did put him as a know-it-all. And I think you would disagree. He, I think he he says he's never missed an episode, that he's he's all over it. Uh, Well... I don't believe that. Nobody at CAA watches Survivor. (laughs) That is that is a hundred percent fact. Nobody at a Hollywood casting agency would dare watch Survivor. That's because they're not returning your calls. Is that how they? How do you know that? (laughs) I have on good authority. Nobody there watches Survivor. Okay. You would see more. you, You. They're on the hunt for talent. They wouldn't waste their time on Survivor. Are you sure it's not just that they've been burned too many times? Burned too many times. They stopped watching Survivor in 2002, I have on good authority. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Know it all. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm I'm not entirely sure what to make of Tyler. The know it all is usually a a little funnier and a little bit more likable than this guy. So so far, I mean, I'm I'm not being judgy. Um, I am willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on this. He's wearing a plaid shirt. Hey, that's good. I mean, that's good. That's like a shout out for know-it-alls, right? I don't think it's a shout out. Um, The Tyler thing could go either way. He could be great or he could flame out. Yeah. 
I like that he's athletic, like Spencer was. That worked out pretty well. Yeah. I thought. I feel like they're. I feel like casting's moving more towards making each of their picks more of a triple threat, and I love this trend because it makes the game so much more competitive. You know, like and. I, I feel like it's it's when it's really com- it's really tough in the super competitive seasons that end up being the most popular. Yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I'm not sure if he's likable enough to do this to do that well in the game. Yeah, I hear you. He's high variance. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, statistically, the know-it-all finishes very, very well. So I've got him in third place here. Okay. All right, down to the top two. Top two. So in second place, we have Shireen. Shireen. Oh, that was my yep. pick. To win it all in my season preview. I know that. Yes. I know that. So she's our 31 Yahoo executive, 31 year old. Okay. Um, she's clearly a rap fan. So we already know that she's smart and funny. Yes. We know she's a rap fan because she wants to bring a goat or a muffin to the island. And I Googled it after you asked. I'm not a fan of how I met your mother. So I didn't know it off the top of my head. But the name of the goat was Missy, believe it or not. Yeah, I feel like that can't be a coincidence. No. No, she's totally doing a shout out for rap. Where's so. a shout out for uh, how I met your mother? Perhaps, but what would be the point of that? <laughs> Lots of you people think, like think, that show. Is there a huge crossover between Survivor fans and How I Met Your Mother? I don't They're know. Both on CBS. No. She says that's be some crossover in that Venn diagram. I'm not saying there's no crossover. It's just, I don't know. Is it a highly thinky show? I believe I would be watching it if it were. I I wouldn't say it's highly thinky. I think it's a little thinky. It's a little thinky. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably better if you're not that thinky, but I think they they sort of build it as a thinky show. uh, I feel like there's a low-hanging fruit joke there, but... No, don't think about it too much. Again, anything How I Made Mother, you don't think about it too much. So I'm moving on. She says she's most like Sandra and like you. Again, that's another uh, rap reference, I would think. Uh, <laughs> she says she's competitive, clever, and quirky. I'm going to ignore the fact she called herself clever because I like her. Um, <laughs> she had me at Yahoo Executive because I work in digital marketing, so I was very excited about that. So I think, like, based on our video and how she's coming across, she's like the girl Tyson, if you ask me. The girl Tyson? Yeah, she seems really quirky and funny. She's got that kind of edgy personality. Um, I think she's going to dominate the confessionals. Uh, in her video, she challenges production to gross her out. Yeah. Yeah. I like and, that. Yeah. Uh, she wants, uh, her strategy is hilarious. She wants to befriend the young girls like Boston Robin Russell did and use their votes to the end. Yeah. So she, she seems very smart and savvy. Um, she's also, uh, you know, she's not a six one blonde model. So it's safe to say that she was cast because of her, intelligence and personality so based on that who do you think i've got her as yeah um i feel like she could be she's kind of like almost like a liz lemon i feel like uh that would probably make her a chelsea handler that's i think that's where you're going yes and i'm so excited to have a chelsea handler on the cast again because they are hilarious confessional yes they give good confessional for sure corinne is a chelsea handler Yes, she is. So Courtney all the, Yates is a Chelsea Handler. All the girls you love because they're funny and amazing are all Chelsea Handlers. So I'm really, really happy to see that that character type back. Chelsea Handlers are good podcast guests, also. Yes, and they're uh, yes, they're they're entertaining. They're also really smart. So yeah, no, that's uh, that's awesome. I was okay. Very good. excited about Shreen. Okay, number one place. Number one. I'm trying to think of who we didn't talk about. The last one left hmm. is Carolyn. Carolyn. Yes. 
believe it or not, she's our 52-year-old uh, corporate executive. Wow. So she played, she played softball in college, and she does Tough mutter, so she's in pretty good physical shape. Uh, she's a mom of three kids. She compares herself most to Sandra and Denise. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, uh, she actually did remind me a lot of Sandra. She said she might go off on somebody. Sandra's a bit like that. Uh, she said she's good TV, but you know, the bar's set pretty high for good TV. So she, she's going to put that out there. She better bring we it. We like good TV. We love good TV. We want good TV. That's what they want, Rob. They yes. want good TV. <laughs> that's what we want. Uh-huh. Okay. See, I feel like your mommy dearest and that's, that's who this has got to be, right? That's absolutely right. Yes. Um, now I feel like those numbers get skewed because I feel like we get a lot of mommy dearest that make it to the end, but not a lot of them who win. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Sandra's the only one who's won. Like there's a lot of them that get to the end and get no votes. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, same with the tough old broad. That's the thing. They're both excellent um, alliance mates because they're, they're, they're good. They're good. Uh, they're good goats for sure. Missy. So yeah, they're good missies. So Nina and Carolyn are very similar. So really it was just the fact that Carolyn had children um, that was the deciding factor for me because I feel like they they both could have been the tough old broad. They're both in really good shape, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, if either one finished in, in the top. And tr- certainly the the dominant alliance. It's just the fact that she has children because childbirth is so makes toughens you up so much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean that's the the mommy dearest absolutely has that kind of uh, maternal side to her, but she seems really kind of cutthroat as well. Yeah. And we haven't we haven't had that since Sandra. Or Sari. Sari is also a mommy dearest. So I'm, I'm really hoping that she is, in fact, good TV and is really going to be able to bring it. But I think she uh, she might go off on people and and uh, and and not be so so good at being friends with everybody as as Sandra and Sari was. So we'll see. OK. We'll see. All right. So those are the orders of the most likely finish, but not necessarily the order of who is going to win the game right we're that, gonna that's right that's, that's still right. to come that's yes. still to come we're gonna get into all that with angie but i want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of rob is a podcast and those are our friends over at nature box and really no matter uh what kind of character type you are everybody is going to have to snack at some point it doesn't matter if you're a seduce and destroy out there trying to do all your marketing and picking up chicks or if you're even, you know, busy and people are seeing your periscope on the submarine, everybody needs to stock up on snacks and you can do what I do and get some healthy and delicious snacks from Nature Box and you'll be a regular uh, know-it-all, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Over 100 nutritionist approved snacks, uh, which are all often uh, approved by all sorts of Meredith Grays who didn't even get mentioned uh, this season. Certainly with no of the artificial flavors, colors, sweeteners, uh, no grams of trans fat, no high fructose corn syrup, uh, all sorts of great stuff. You'll get through that afternoon slump uh, when you could be as hungry and as irritable as an oh no you didn't who didn't even make the cut uh, this season. So grab some sriracha roasted cashews, some pistachio power clusters, or my favorite, the dark cocoa almonds at Nature Box. Uh, and we'll give you the chance to try a free Nature Box with a trial box of five of the most popular snacks. You heard me, free snacks. Go start your free trial at naturebox.com slash R-H-A-P. You know you're going to snack. Get smart about it with Nature Box naturebox.com slash RJP. Get a free trial 
of delicious snacks and don't worry about some Heisenberg coming and uh, stealing your snacks. Because they're coming. Wow, they're coming. wow that, that was amazing. Yeah, when Heisenberg comes and knocks, uh, he's going to say, hey, hey, it's your Nature Box delivery this month. Here's all your delicious snacks. <laughs> they're good. Get out of here. Leave them at the doorstep, Dan, and you get the hell out of here. Intense, you, uh, Dan. Yep. Yeah, no, that's where why he is intense. It's very high energy snacks. In fairness, Dan, I believe, is not the actual person that brings you your packages. I, I believe he he fixes the machinery when it breaks down. Yeah, those are the people who go postal, though. <laughs> yes. But it's not so much the letter carriers. It's the people no. that work in the post. Why? Because the letter carriers actually get to get out and get out of the post office. It's the sorting. What is it? Didn't Newman say that? It's because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming in and coming in. But again, never- he w- works on the equipment. He's not sorting the the stuff. Like he's, I think he's fixing the things when they break. I feel like that sort of is going to keep you sane that you're always doing different things. But the mail is piling up while he's fixing it. It's got to stress you out. Again, it's not his problem. <laughs> it's like, hey, I Dan, guess. my mail thing isn't working anymore. And and then he's like, well, okay, well, I'll get it. He's like the, you know, the company's IT guy. He's like, well, I'll get to it when I can get to it. Like, it's no sweat off his break. nose. Yeah, I'm on break. I'll fix it when I when I feel like it. I got to go drive 87,000 miles to go on Survivor Audition. So I'll fix it next week. They put the mail. It's all stacking up over here. Up. <laughs> hey, look, it's my day off. He doesn't oh, care. Problem. No, he doesn't care. Yeah. He, he's moving on. All right. So let's talk about who are the people that have the best chance to win, Angie. Okay. Uh, first of all, I do want to say that I am so excited that there's so many super fans playing this season. I don't know if we've ever had that many super fans all at once. So it was really hard uh, choosing trying to determine who's going to be the, the, the winner based on that. I Angie, let, let me tell you something right now. Mm-hmm. I know you were down on Survivor San Juan del Sur. Yeah. I think that San Juan del Sur was a inflection point. And I think that for many years now, I think we're going to see seasons stacked with people who know the show well. I think they're going to look back and say, well, well let's not do a San Juan del Sur again. So look, we, we got through it. A lot of people like the season. But I think that they learned a good lesson there. And that was an important lesson for us to have. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what happened. As they look back, because they said that they were, they were looking at Cagayan and what they liked about that and what worked. And yeah, I think it's, it's splitting the tribes out the way they did, making sure that there's a really diverse group of players and making sure that they really know what they're doing. That's, uh, that's huge, I think. And you know, I am a strategy slut. So the more people Whoa. know... Yeah, no, it's true. I'm not afraid to say it. So the more people who know what they're doing and are really bringing that kind of, uh, you know, I'm going to stay up all night and, and think out every possible scenario. Those are the players that I really like to see play this game, especially if there's a bunch of them all at once. It's so, you know, combustible. It's amazing. Okay. All right. So who are the people that you think are going to uh, go the furthest? And, and what are the different takeaways that are able to inform you of this decision as opposed to whoever is most likely to place the furthest? Okay, well, here's the thing. I mean, um, how the win rate is calculated is based on the number of times a character type has won uh, against the number of times that that character type has played the game. So while the Surfer Dude has won four times, which is more than any other character type, he's also been cast almost every single season, which means his win rate is actually a lot lower than some other players who have won less but played fewer times. Got it. Do you follow? Yeah, I've guessed. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. So statistically, there's still one character type that is still more likely to win than any other, but there are three more in a dead heat for second most likely. So I'm going to talk about these, these top four of these types that are cast this season. Okay. So I'm going to start with, start with the, the three-way tie. So the three-way tie for second most likely to win is our Heisenberg, which is Dan, yes. our, mo- our mommy dearest, who's Carolyn, and Surfer Dude, which is Joe. Dan, Carolyn, Joe. Um, yes. Interestingly, uh, that's somebody from uh, each of the three tribes. You've got Dan, the yeah. blue collar, Carolyn, the white collar, and Joe, the no collar. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that would be very interesting to see somebody from each of the three groups uh, get there. Uh, almost like in Survivor Panama, where you had in the final four, one person from each of the four divisions of older men, younger men, older women, younger women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's uh, that's definitely the way it could go. It can also really, I mean, we know we know that anybody who has a chance to win can win, right? And and things can really uh, things can radically change very very quickly. Yes. In the in this game, so like if you look at uh, you look at someone like like Jeremy, um, he was only I think he was the sixth highest chance of winning last year. But then you've got your your tough old broad who is not likable. You've got the, you know, the other players that just don't have the, have the wherewithal to get into, to, to win it. People get targeted early. So suddenly he's in, you know, he's in third place to do it. And then he gets targeted early. And then suddenly you've got Jacqueline who's most likely to win statistically who's left over. It's, it's, it's really fascinating how it can all shift around very, very quickly. So how do you make a decision between these three? Well, essentially what I've, what I've done, and this is what I, this is kind of what I learned last year is, um, like I know from the math, I'm going to tell you who's most likely to win just from the math alone. It's our Aaron Brockovich. So, so statistically is got it in the bag. So yeah, she's so money. She is so money. But I mean, if there's one thing that I, I, I learned last year is that um, I need to consider the strengths of these people within their character type because I had Quits McGee as the winner last time, right? <laughs> you did. She was not so money. No, she was not. She was very disappointing. She was very disappointing. So, I mean, I need to, I need to look at their, their personality strengths and what they're showing so far. Um, and what I find interesting is the, uh, I mean, there are other character types that have a, have a fairly high chance of winning that are also highly likely to finish in the top, uh, in the top six. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, I'm leaning towards someone who isn't even in those, those five that I just mentioned. Oh my God. So, yeah. so money is out. The, uh, top four is out. So, so who is it? I'm with you, Rob. I'm going to say Shireen's going to take it. All right. Now, yeah, why? Why? Other than the fact you like her? Um, because she, her finished orders that she's coming in second. So I already know she's making it to top five. Okay. She, she has a 5.9% chance of winning the, the game, which puts her, puts her ninth overall um, of all character types. Um, so she's got a good chance of winning if she can get to that top uh, final tribal council. Um, I just feel like she's got, she's got more, more going for her. I'm not saying that so isn't an extremely strong player. I wouldn't be surprised if so wins. I wouldn't be surprised if Dan wins. You know, I think these, these guys could come from behind and, and, and pull a fast one. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think Shireen's she's, she's smart. She's funny. She's likable. She knows the game really well. She's already got her strategy, uh, picked out. 
the fact that she she would most she had the smartest answer to them saying who would you which pass player would you align with? I think it's a which pass player are you most like? Well, that's the CBS bio. Gordon Holmes yes. prefers to ask who would you align with. Everyone's picking the player which they think is the best. So everyone's like, oh, I'd align with Tony. I'm like, Tony would eviscerate you. There's right. no way you want to align with Tony. Who does Shireen pick? She wants to go with Amanda because oh. she's because she's loyal as hell and she cannot win this game. <laughs> right? Yeah. And she wasn't that loyal to James uh, that one time. That's true, but she was loyal to her girls, right? So Shireen's going, she's trying to pick up the, she's trying to do the girl power thing. So I think that's, uh, I think that's really interesting. So, I mean, like the other ones, I don't think, I don't think Carolyn and Tyler are going to be likable enough to win. I don't think Joe is game savvy enough. Dan Mayer may not flame out early, especially if he can't perform in challenges. And Nina, who will very likely be, you know, the muffin at the end of this, um, she's not going to have the resume in Final Tribal to win anything. So, yeah, I'm going with Shireen. Okay. Um, you talked about the people that you want to align with in terms of what Shireen said. Um, what do you think about the people to align with on this season? Okay, so the trick in picking your alliance is you want people who have historically been very reliable alliance members, but who are not likely to win the game. So what I've done to, to figure out who makes the best alliance is who's ended up in the top eight more often over the last 29 seasons. So This is useful the, information. Care. If you're getting ready to go on Survivor 31, pay attention, right? Start writing this down. Yeah, take a, get out your pencils, put on your thinking cap. Yeah. Of the uh, of the characters playing, the top eight are the tough old broad, who's Nina, okay. Surfer Dude Joe, Heisenberg Dan, Mommy Dearest Carolyn, Know It All Tyler, John McClain Rodney, Good Old Boy Mike, and the Specialist Max. Now, once you've determined your top eight, you want to eliminate any potential sharks from that list. So that's strategic people who may not remain loyal to you, and who have chance who have a chance of winning. So, like you would agree with that strategy, right? Yes. Yeah. So out of, out of that list, who would you uh, who would you potentially want to knock off to, to keep five remaining? Okay. Well, I didn't write the names down fast enough, but I would say uh-huh. the know it all. Yes, I would get rid of Tyler. You, uh, you and you never want to team up with Heisenberg ever. Yes. He's way, he's way too dangerous. Well, what if you're making crystal meth? Well, then he's your man, right? Yes. I don't think that's what Survivor's all about. Is that like a side project when you're really bored? Is that something they have you do in the back? They give you lessons on that? That's when you go to Ponderosa. That's that's what the code word is. That's what they're doing. (laughs) That's what they do. Yes. Yes. Um, Also, you're John McClain Rodney. He's going to have big ideas. Even if they're bad ones, he's going to have ideas. So, you know, unless you're John McClain is like Eddie Fox, um, you need to get rid of uh, you need to get rid of Rodney because he's an intense young man. He's a hustler. He's bringing a hammer. Oh, I wouldn't trust that guy. Okay. Max is also, I believe, a rattlesnake that's waiting to strike, but they're not going to know that. So I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled him into the into the, the core alliance and then something interesting could happen at the end. Um, the tough old broad can also be dangerous, but only if she's not like uh, like a muffin, right? Yes. Um, yeah, and if, if Nina manages to stick it out and make it to the end, I think she's going to do a very similar game to Monica Culpepper. So she's a perfect... Perfect. She's a knee lady, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. she is. So, uh, yeah, no, so just like we saw Natalie do last year, our dominant game player this year should scoop up Nina, Joe, Carolyn, Mike, and potentially Max or even Joaquin to bring to the end. Okay. That's your, that's your core alliance. Angie, I think you figured out Survivor Worlds Apart. 
I think that uh, we'll watch it just because it's on, but I, I don't know if we need to anymore. <laughs> well, I'm still going to watch it because I got it now. Yeah. All right. I'll still watch it, but I, I think that we could probably just uh, set it and forget it because uh, you've nailed it. Woo-hoo! Yeah. You're so money. I am so money. You yes. know, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. Rob. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're so money. You didn't even know it. And now uh, here we are. Uh, Angie. I'm thinking of a hashtag uh, for this episode. What do you got? Um, well, we could go with strategy slut. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Awesome. You don't mind uh, people be typing strategy slut on Twitter? Well, I love it. And yes. you know what? Even boys can be strategy sluts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, that's kind of me. I'm just like, you know, giving my strategy out to everybody that just, you know, Anybody that just hits play, I'm just giving out my strategy to everybody. I was thinking that was a little slutty of you. I didn't want to say. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, you're supposed to wait three podcasts before you give the strategy away. Uh, am I? Yes. Well, okay. I mean, that's I, I don't follow that rule, but I hear that. Uh, if you want people to take you seriously. Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I've never been good at waiting. Yeah. That's why. You know, uh, people just think of me as, a, you know, the bad boy of podcasting. If I waited <laughs> three episodes, then I might people would think of me as, the, you know, the kind of podcaster that you could bring home to your parents. Why would they buy the cow? <laughs> yeah, they're getting they're, why would they become a patron? They're getting the milk for free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Um, all right. Well, Angie, thank you uh, again for all of the hours and hours of work that I know you put into this. Oh, you're welcome. I love it. All right. If you have questions for Angie, Angie's great on Twitter. She loves responding and writing back about this stuff. You could send her a tweet on Twitter at Angie Kant, C-A-U-N-C-E. Angie, uh, you're going to be there in person at the uh, live know-it-alls, right? I am. I can't wait. Yes, it's going to be very, very fun. You'll get to meet all of the Heisenbergs and Tough All Broads and Chelsea (laughs) Handlers out there. So that's going to be very fun. Yep, I'm going to be rocking it. Okay. Uh, Well, Angie, anything else? Nope, that's it. All right, great job, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, thanks, Rob. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Angie Kantz back here on the podcast talking about character types on Survivor Worlds Apart. I know right now I've just put out a bunch of shows, and I'm just going to keep pummeling you with content until your iPhone explodes right now because I did the Amazing Race podcast. I did uh, two hours on that on Wednesday night. Then there was this podcast that just came out. I've got another podcast coming up with David Bloomberg, formerly of Reality News Online, talking about what the Survivor Worlds Apart survivors should have learned before they came on to the show, which is like a total primer on what you should be doing as a contestant on Survivor. Then we've got the Corinne cast coming out on Friday. So it's just show after show after show this week because there's a million things to do before we get ready for next week's big premiere week with survivor and the amazing race new seasons kicking off on wednesday night so hope you get to enjoy as much as you can at this all you can listen to buffet that we're having this month and so make sure you don't miss any of it when you subscribe rob is slash itunes or check out our app to listen to all of our shows on rhap post-show recaps reality tv rehab ups including the mr survivor debate reaction show on reality tv rehab ups you can hear that all on the rob has a website app 
available on iOS and Android devices. Go to robiswebsite.com slash app. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye.